welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. Today's topic is why it's so hard to listen. I was thinking today about the importance of always staying humble, like a newcomer to recovery. As soon as I t- uh, decide to stop being a student, I'm at risk of deterioration in every aspect of my life. Um, there are two types of newcomers that I've encountered over the years. Those are uh, the ones that are willing and the ones that are not willing. And that willingness is what allows me to listen. Without willingness, uh, I'm a talker. And I, I do sometimes call myself an interrupter, which I think is rude. And I'm, I used to think it was a joke, and now I think it's rude that I'm an interrupter. So I continue to work on that. Anyway, that was a side note. So the willingness uh, allows me to listen And willingness also allows me to be humble. And without that willingness, I think I know everything. Um, And what came to mind this morning was in my sobriety program, being willing to listen to others experience strength and hope so that I can, you know, be a be a a step ahead of uh, not having to suffer the way that that person did. That's what we're all in there for in that fellowship is for us to learn from each other. And if I don't enter each meeting with the willingness to listen, it doesn't, one of the things we say in the program is um, principles before personalities. And that's because I need to be willing to listen even if I don't like you, you know, it's my sobriety is first, no matter what. So one of my character defects that I've had my entire life and is often pointed out to me, but I am trying to work on it, is being unwilling to take advice from others. Um, You can ask anybody who knows me that I have this problem all the way back from when I was younger. You know, I mean, I know we don't always listen to our parents, but I definitely uh, did not listen to my mom at times that I should have. And still to this day, um, I will resist listening to my mom thinking that I know better than her. You know, like ignoring the fact that she's lived 80 days, 80, uh, 80 days, 80 uh, years, you know, um, 30 years more than me. And, um, and for some reason, why would I think that I know better, you know? And, um, and I do the same thing to my boyfriend, uh, my brother and sister, my boss. I did it to him for sure. And um, I mean, just everybody. And so I had a a couple examples of what I mean by this. So um, one is that my boyfriend had, we were sitting down and just thinking about different things that 
I can still do um, that won't hurt my head. And, and he suggested baking. Well, I just, no. I mean, you know, I just, I didn't even consider it. I just was like, no, I can't do that because. And then later, much later, months later, my sister made the same suggestion. And I responded the exact same way. No, no, I can't do that because, you know, fill in the blank. And, um, and, and my excuse was, I still have to read the directions, uh, thinking like the recipe, thinking that, well, I'd have to look at the recipe on the computer. And I just, I shut it down. I didn't even consider the suggestions twice. And so what I didn't do is I didn't ask questions. I didn't even give the thought long enough consideration to think maybe there is a solution, a way that I can do this. I just, you know, uh, I think the second time when my sister recommended it, I think she, without me asking questions, she offered maybe you could print the recipe out. Well, my response is, no, I can't do that. I can't even look at paper. I can't read anything on paper either. It hurts my head. You know, I just, I shut it down entirely and didn't ask questions. And it turned out, you know, I don't know if somebody else, one more person recommended, maybe my friend recommended that I try baking. And I stopped resisting. I don't know if it was the person who finally made the recommendation was somebody I was willing to listen to or somebody made the recommendation along with um, maybe you could do it this way. And for some, somehow I listened that time and, uh, and I've had lots of people helping me. And, and one of the things the suggestion was to have some friends over and we could bake together. That way I don't have to read the, the recipe. And that's what got me started on the baking thing. And it didn't have to be that hard. It didn't have to be that hard for me to listen. It shouldn't have been that hard. Another uh, example of, of me not listening would be the past two years after I had my stroke in 2021, I had people constantly telling me that I needed to take care of myself and I needed to take breaks, you know, and I didn't do it. I, not only did I not do it, I did the opposite. I was working as if I had never had the stroke. Eventually, eventually I started trying to work not only eight hours, but 10, sometimes 12 hours. And I got to the point where I, I couldn't even function anymore. I, I literally was unable to look at my computer any longer. Um, and that didn't, that wasn't temporary. That was permanent. Like I'm still struggling with it. 
And um, if I had only listened, right? I mean, how many times have I said that? Oh, if only I would have listened, you know? Um, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I sure have. And my poor boyfriend, this is the third example. The third example is a blanket umbrella of, for some reason, whatever my boyfriend suggests to me, I will not listen. I don't know why. If he, if, if I do have any sort of willingness to take his suggestion, I do it with a grudge. And I really don't know where this came from, but I'm going to figure it out. But if we're cooking together and he has a suggestion for how I might be able to, I mean, something simple, turn the heat down on the stove and your garlic won't burn <laughs> in the pan, for example. Um, I, I won't listen. I, I will listen and I'll turn the, the, the stove down, but I do it in this way that's like, you know, I'm not mumbling under my breath, but that's what I feel like. I might as well be. And I'm sure that he has the impression that um, I am just not easy to give suggestions to. And I see him now these days. He'll say, now, I know you might not want to hear this, but you know, and that's terrible. I can't believe that I do that to him. But I'm fully aware of it. And I'm trying to work on it. And I think he knows that I'm trying to work on it. It's not his problem. It's my problem. But why? Why is it so hard for me? I've been learning how to respond in a way what I try to do is I, res I respond to him in a way that is the opposite of what I want to say. You know, it's like, I don't know if you watch Seinfeld, but there's an episode where George Costanza decides to start doing the opposite of what he would nor normally do. And it all starts with he's in this restaurant and he's like, I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to go ask this waitress on a date or something like that. And, and so he goes up to her. He says, uh, he says like, um, this is my name. Yeah, my name is George. I'm uh, unemployed and I live with my mother or something like that. I live with my parents. And the girlfriend or the waitress says, uh, really? Like she's interested and he's and so he gets on this big kick for the whole episode that he's going to do the opposite of everything he would normally do and his life just all of a sudden turns around completely. Well, I was taking tips from that. I'm like, I'm just going to do the opposite. I'm going to do the opposite of what I feel inclined to say. And so that's how I approached it. And Believe it or not, after a few times of taking this route, I started listening and letting things play out to see what happens. It was almost a game to me 
but I was letting things play out. And it turns out that things actually worked out for the better. You know, isn't that interesting? Things were were working without Rachel, the all-knowing Rachel, giving her opinion, uh, but doing the opposite. So I think I started this because my boyfriend said that I he maybe have had mentioned to me about how he, in a joking way, oh, well, you never listen to me. You don't listen to me, but you'll listen to such and such. And, um, and that's when I really started uh, realizing that I'm going to start disrupting my relationship with him if I don't try to fix this character defect. And I think when he said that, I know it, it came to mind that, huh, the same thing was happening with my boss. And, huh, the same thing happened to my, with my mom when I was growing up. Not only when I was growing up, but even in my 40s. Uh, same thing. So this begs the question, why does Rachel not listen? So, um, I'm not open to others changing my point of view. So this is, this is kind of my thought process through this. I'm not willing to have others change my point of view. And I feel like that might be the problem a lot of times, but unfortunately, most often I think it's because I think I know better and they don't know what they're talking about like I do. And that just saying it out loud sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. What am I? You know, um, I'm not a, a human being among human beings. If I'm just going to walk around thinking I know better than everybody else. And what am I really more interested in? And uh, am I more interested in being right or having the right answer to whatever it is I'm trying to do or information I'm trying to gather? You know, do I want to be right? Which means I could be going down the wrong path or do I want to go down the right path? So here are some ways I put together that I can listen better. So number one, when I'm having a conversation with somebody, we'll say my boyfriend, when I'm having a conversation with him about, say, he's giving me a recommendation for how to not burn the garlic because the oven, because the stove's up too high. Instead of me approaching that, it's not even a conversation, it's just like, a, you know, couple sentences between us. It's like I'm approaching that as it's me versus him mentality. Instead of what the real problem is, is that the garlic is burning. You know, so what's more important, the garlic not burning or me doing it my way? 
you know, and that is how I freaking approach everything. So this is very enlightening to me. Um, I'm humoring myself here. So uh, number two, another thing that was suggested on the old internets is to move yourself beside the person that is giving you the suggestion. So instead of when they give you a suggestion and you're feeling like you want to disagree immediately or you want to just shoot down whatever they said, like I do all the time, move your body beside the person before you even say anything. Move your body beside them. And that will change the environment so that it feels more like you two are partnering up against whatever it is the topic is. In this case, the garlic. So move myself beside him and we're both facing the garlic. And there you go. <laughs> oh. Okay, number three. Be more polite than what I think is natural for me. And I started doing this. This is my own suggestion, um, not from the internet. I started doing this at work several years ago. And I think it started with my boss, uh, my world famous boss. He, like, I would he was giving me guidance on typing up emails or responding to people. And he gave me some feedback that maybe sometimes I don't come across very politely. <laughs> and I would respond to my boss and I'm like, yes, that is intentional. <laughs> and um, so he would give me some guidance on how to reword what I'm trying to communicate. And, um, and he had his reasonings for why to do that. And, and it's really to nurture relationships rather than trying to be me versus them. I mean, exactly what I'm talking about here. So what I started to do, because when I would reread the, um, the edits and the recommendations that my boss gave me, I'm like, I would never say this stuff. It is way too ridiculously polite. And he's like, oh, yeah, you can put it in your own words, put it in your own words. So um, I would put it in my own words, and it just didn't. It felt icky. It didn't even feel right to word something so kindly. Uh, but I did it. I did it uh, because that was his suggestion because apparently I listened to my boss. I don't listen to my boyfriend, but I listen to my boss. Um, anyway, what I realized is I maybe I need to be way more polite than I think I sound. And so once I started doing that, people were so receptive to me. I really started getting everything that I wanted and needed at work because I just, and I'm not saying kill him with kindness. I'm saying sincere uh, politeness. Like I was not coming across as being, you know, 
sarcastic or anything like that. I just was being using kinder words than I would normally use and being way more polite than I normally would. And it was so successful for me that I never stopped ever since then. And that's one way that I had been approaching, and I mentioned this, I don't know, a few weeks ago, about um, responding to my insurance people and my doctors and everything, because it can be really frustrating in the situation that I'm in, trying to get all the paperwork done and people aren't responding and such. And I want to respond kind of aggressively, but just having proven to myself how successful it is to be polite, to be overly polite, um, I, I just tend to do that now. It's become a habit for me. So saying things like, I understand, you know, when somebody's telling me something that I totally disagree with, um, saying still, I understand is, is important to make sure that that other person knows that I am listening to what they're saying. Um, if I just stop at, I understand, or I'm listening, I hear you. If I just say that, I'm most likely going to end that with but and start, you know, going after my own point of view. So it can't stop with just, I understand. But uh, additional things that you can say are repeat what they said, uh, because that just reinforces the fact that you're listening. You can find something that you agree with um, that they're saying. You may not agree with everything that they're saying, but there's probably something that you agree with, even if it's just, yes, I agree the sky is blue. I totally agree with that. Also, soften your language to sound more humble. And um, you, that's that kind of goes in line with what I'm talking about, just choosing language that you wouldn't normally choose. Um comes across as as not so argumentative. And, and then finally, um, as I mentioned before, ask questions. So asking questions, even if you disagree with what somebody is saying, think of a question that you can ask them about it, about what they're saying. So this does a couple things. This allows my brain to process for a little longer what they're saying, number one. And that gives more time for me to respond instead of react. And that's, that's what I think my not listening uh, is one of the causes for that is that I choose to react rather than pause. Um, so by asking a question, it gives that time, that pause, it gives like a, a more natural way of pausing uh, so that you're not just pausing and staring at them and just holding back wanting to say, 
I totally disagree with you. Um, so also asking questions sets me up for learning, for discovery and learning. And I've talked about how this is my favorite thing. Learning is my favorite thing. It's uh, one of my one of my values, my core values is learning. So setting myself up to be rewarded with learning because I love learning so much through curiosity, the other person will get a better impression of me listening to them. And who knows, once they answer that question, maybe I'll have another question or maybe they'll just, they just might change my mind. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know why I'm so bullheaded, but, but I am. And I don't just think I'm right. My problem is that I know I'm right. It's like a state of mind and it's fixed. And, you know, just like I just said, it's my problem. My problem is that I have this fixed state of mind that I know I'm right. But if I were to flip that, is it actually a problem? Is it a problem that I have this fixed state of mind that I know I'm right? Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's a barrier, um, especially when I'm facing my boyfriend and he's telling me to turn the stovetop down sooner before you put the, bro uh, the broccoli, the, uh, what do you call that? Garlic in before it burns. Um, if I have a reaction immediately following the, his suggestion, then it creates a barrier. And I need to break through that so that I can show my love and respect for him. Because all he's trying to do is freaking help me. You know, he cares enough about me and his dinner. <laughs> uh, but he cares about me. He truly does. He wants to help me um, be able to cook better. You know, I mean, I'm a pretty good cook. But when I'm with him, I feel like I'm not as good of a cook because I think he's a better cook. And I think there's some pride in there that is uh, at risk by me allowing him to give me suggestions and I listen and take those suggestions. But there are other times that my stubbornness shows itself as determination and perseverance rather than inflexibility and bullheadedness. And I think it's all about when I use this superpower of mine. You know, I can look at it as a problem. My problem is my bullheadedness. Or I can look at it as my superpower because that is one of the reasons why I am so determined and persevere through recovery. In recovery, it keeps me alive. That is one thing. It also keeps me mentally healthy, um, dealing with everything, you know, trying to have positive talk, self-talk through uh, 
working through accepting this, uh, this visual impairment. So keeping me mentally healthy, uh, allowing me to have enough uh, to share with others, to help others. Um, this determination and perseverance also is what keeps me constantly coming up with new ideas and seeing those ideas through to reality, you know, doing a podcast, starting a, a website, uh, writing a blog, you know, this, this, um, this newest idea about writing a book. And that determination is what makes these things come true for me. Um, this determination and perseverance keeps me busy. It keeps me eating well. It keeps me pursuing new hobbies. It, it has just two days ago driven me to start my new habit of yoga with which, yes, I did yoga day two. Yay me. And I will review at the end of the day how good it made me feel. <laughs> So in other scenarios, I must be able, though, to compromise, agree, or give in, even though it makes me feel like my pride is at risk. I need to be able to identify within me when my stubbornness appears as determination and perseverance, and when it shows itself as inflexibility. So I thought of this, uh, this scenario, what do I want to say, this example, um, real life example that I can think of the next time I find myself in a situation where I'm resisting listening to someone, when I'm not being open and willing, and when I'm refusing to let go of my stubbornness and my opinion. This is what I'm going to think of. When leaves are hanging on a tree in the summertime, they feed the tree. They give nutri nutrients to the tree. And when it starts getting colder outside, the leaves start changing color and they fall to the earth. And they're absorbed into the earth in this beautiful cycle that nature created. If the trees were, or if the leaves, sorry, were to somehow remain clung to the tree, two things can happen. The leaves are going to freeze to death. And two, they actually make the tree vulnerable to damage because the tree actually forms a protective seal once the leaf detaches and falls to the earth. So by holding on, by that leaf holding on, you're actually damaging the tree. 
So letting go of my will has proven to be the key to my recovery and my relationships. Letting go is actually what has kept me alive. Just like the tree. So I'm going to keep practicing and I'm going to remember that whenever I keep trying to hold on to my opinion, my will, and not listen to others, is that letting go is what keeps me alive. It's what keeps the tree alive. So I also want to always show other people how grateful I am that they care enough to share their experience with me and provide me with suggestions. And that nurtures my relationships as well. So thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.